This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Lead Without Limits, the podcast that explores how your mind and soul energy, together with your actions and intentions, impact your leadership presence and bring heart and consciousness into your life. Join your host, certified business and life coach, Stefania Rigo, as she brings you stimulating conversations with women who lead in business in their community. And as she gives you the wisdom you need to help shape the future of society and our planet. Now here's your host, Stefania. This week in the transformational tidbit segment, I will be talking about the importance of deep listening, but that's coming up later. First up is the Lead Without Limits featured guest interview. Oh boy, I'm excited about today. I'm having a conversation with entrepreneur, speaker, and coach, Laura Wall. In her coaching practice, Laura works with the spiritual entrepreneurs to show them how to get more grounded in their business habits and develop simple systems to bring their gifts to the world with ease and enjoyment. She also offers workshops and speaks on topics such as work-life integration, stress management, productivity, creativity, and healing. I've known Laura for over a year, and I've invited her here today because I view her as a leader without limits. She's a lifetime learner who's constantly looking for new opportunities to lead in her business and community. Today, we're going to hear her personal story about becoming a leader and find out what embodying a leader without limits means to her. So without further ado, let me welcome Laura. Laura, thank you for taking the time to be here for our listeners and for me. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So excited. My first guest um, chose you very specifically as my first guest. So tell me, tell us uh, your story and define for us what a leader without limits uh, looks like and means like means for you. So I'm going to take you back a little bit, Stefania, because when I think about leadership, I think about myself in my very first, quote unquote, grown up leadership role. And that was the leader of my own business. So I owned a event business. We rented tents. We designed beautiful uh, bridal landscapes, if you will. I worked with clients for parties and high end events. Um, it was an extremely high-stress job. So as I was leading myself in that regard and leading my business, um, the best way I could describe my leadership is running scared. <laughs> it was totally based on fear every single day. I was afraid of everybody and everything. I was afraid of my competition. I was afraid of losing. I was afraid of losing face. I was afraid of, you know, failing and so as a result, I think my leadership was, was always 
in the moment and it wasn't the best decision making. It was all about trying to hold on to things and clutch things and not always being willing to bring people in and relinquish some control. Um, so as I worked with um, an amazing staff, I had some young people that worked for me that were super creative and amazing. I realized that I had to let go of some of that, but it still was really hard because most of the time I, I thought that all of this reflected back on me and all of my work was my identity. And so as, probably as a leader, I, was, I would say I was probably really bossy, bossy pants. Um, I would say that I was probably very um, limited in the way that I thought about things. Um, I was very deadline driven. Um, I was very facts and figures. Um, it was not very expansive or very compassionate or very enjoyable, I'm sure, for anyone around me. It was very, um, I just think of it kind of like if you took a big sheet of white paper and you crumpled it up into a ball. I was that ball. <laughs> now, in contrast, I would have to say um, I am much more the, the uh, white sheet of paper. I'm much more expansive now. I am much more spread out. There's a few wrinkles here and there, <laughs> experiences and all. But I think of leading now as not only, um, first and foremost, I'm leading myself. So I am, I am owning my own authority. I am sovereign in my own right. I know my values. I know what I'm about. And then I am looking for the connection points with others, whether that I am leading a client through a process or whether I'm leading a group or whether I'm in a, a committee, I try to find those connection points where we're similar and see if there's a place for us to expand that commonality. And in that regard, I feel like the leadership there is so much more limitless because it's not just based on fear. It's based on possibility. It's based on me loving what I do now. And, you know, the contrast between doing something out of fear and out of love is huge. That is huge. And I'm really interested in how you uh, brought up the um, uh, issue of trust. So how did you transform from the leader entrepreneur that felt like it needed all to be controlled by her and owned by her uh, to the inclusive, collaborative leader you are today. How did that transformation happen for you? Mm. Uh, that was definitely a process. Uh, there definitely was kind of a crash and a fall of the old leader, Lara, and that was a very painful process, but it was um, necessary for me to go inward. And part of the process that I came out of that with was learning how to care for myself better. And I started to exercise and learn about nutrition. I became a personal trainer. I became a nutrition coach. And I wanted to learn more and understand how to be a better coach. And I was very fortunate to be mentored by my nutrition coach. And she had an amazing leadership style and it wasn't very showy. It didn't say I'm the leader. It was very subtle and very soft. And that's what was so attractive to me was that it was so powerful and yet it wasn't overt. And I remember becoming a member of her leadership team. So we had groups of women, about 300, 350 online being coached uh, on a daily basis for nutrition. 
And what I came to learn with nutrition coaching is it's really not about food. It's much more about your internal process. It's about your emotional relationship to food. It's about your habits. It's about what you think about, what you feel about. And so it wasn't about giving people, you know, lists of things to eat and not eat, but rather it was helping them take a, an honest look at themselves. So I got to watch her as she got guided people through that process. But on the back side, on the administrative side, she had a team of those of us that had already gone through the program. And our, our title was mentor, which sounds like we're the big sister to the group, which we were, we definitely helped others work through the coaching curriculum. But we had a meeting once a month. And that's where I saw the magic of her leadership unveil. And it wasn't like she was the official, and she was. She had years of experience. She had amazing background. You know, I could tell you all of her degrees and certifications, but they are really irrelevant because what she did when she had those meetings was she brought us all together and asked us what we saw in the group. It wasn't that she had the head role and the rest of us were beneath her, but rather we all had a seat equally at that table. We all were bringing our own unique experience into those coaching circles to discuss what was going on with the group. And, and I thought this was so amazing. She was so comfortable with who she was and her, her abilities as a coach. She gave us autonomy. She asked each one of us, you know, when we saw maybe a, a problem, you know, or we saw a pattern in the group, was there anything that we wanted to do about it? And she allowed us to take ownership of coming up with a solution and working with the group as if we were her equal because she treated us as we were her equals. And so I found that to be just amazing as, you know, I'm sure maybe some of your listeners out there may have experienced working with women before and it can feel very, very competitive. This was the absolute antithesis to that. And I was, I think that's the thing that was most startling to me was that she was not, you know, holding on to her little domain and keeping us all from helping her coach and just giving us, you know, little administrative tasks, but rather she was really bringing us in. We were equal members of the team. We were collectively caring for these women. And like I said, it was such a, a catalyzing moment for me because so many of my experiences working with women had not been that. They'd been based out of that, that fear and jealousy and control and hanging on to your, your powers. Um, but rather, she was so confident she knew that she could share. What a blessing. Uh, when we have a mentor like that, that embodies, embodies from the inside out. Such a giving, generous, inclusive, collaborative um, leadership style. It, it, it's just really elevates us and kind of trampolines us forward. Thank you for sharing that transformational piece. So you go into a program to become a nutrition coach and you come out as, a, as, as an expert in that field and a transformed leader. Absolutely. I would say my after. So before, as I went into that program, um, I was all about being a trainer and being a coach. I was all about 
telling people and giving them information and directing them, um, which to me has really kind of hard edges to it. You know, it's kind of bossing people or, um, you know, in that language and that kind of conversation, it's basically saying, I know so much better than you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm above you. I'm one up above you and you should just listen to me and everything's going to work out. Okay. And really by her modeling um, a whole different way. Now, when I lead now, when I coach, I realize I hold others around me as just as wise as I am, if not more wise, especially when it comes to their, their own business, when it comes to their own bodies, they know they've lived in their experience for however many years, and they have a body of knowledge to share. So when I am working with others, um, I want them to bring in all of that information that to me just elevates the conversation. And again, it expands our possibilities. Because if I think, okay, here's the recipe of how to get things done. That's such a narrow path. But if we're looking, you know, if we're talking at a round table of people, you know, and everybody's bringing their recipe, it's much more like a potluck. And all of a sudden, you have things you can combine with, you have so many more flavors, so many more um, possibilities to expand on when you have that, that openness. Mm, I love that analogy of everybody sitting around the table and bringing their own gifts to it. So right now, in terms of um, your involvement, I know you're involved in your community as well as your business. What is perhaps a, um, uh, a challenge that you're still facing with your leadership um, style that you're working on now, that you're fine-tuning, that you've been maybe working on for a while? So I would say as a, as a solopreneur, um, being the boss of me, I'm so accustomed to, again, being sure and knowing myself and knowing what I want that I am able to make decisions pretty quickly. So what I have recognized as most recently I have worked on some committees, uh, we brought the first virtual conference for the Texas Business Women Organization to life uh, in June. So I worked on a committee there. I worked in some smaller committees. I've worked with some new business partners to bring some different workshops online. And as I have been doing that, I've been observing my own rigidity, which frankly, Stefania, that's pretty alarming. You know, it's like you think, oh, I'm easygoing. I'm compassionate. I'm a, I'm a good leader. I've got good ideas. And then all of a sudden, you see yourself standing, you know, like a little bully on the top of that hill and wanting to push everyone down. <laughs> and it's pretty horrifying to me. Like, I was like, oh, wait a minute. I guess I have some more things to work on internally. Um, so just as I can see that rigidity, I start to recognize it not as a, a negative. It's not that I'm a bad person or that I'm, I'm so messed up, um, but rather I realize that that's a, a hard edge and I have the opportunity once again to choose. I can look at that hard edge and say, okay, is that about my values or my belief system? Or is that is that an old belief that needs remodeling? And this person, whoever has shown up on a committee or a new business partner, are they my new teacher to try to help me expand and grow? And I am trying to hold on to the old because that's what feels really comfortable. 
So um, I'm looking at those edges and realizing that, you know, there's a lot of gifts that I have. I'm, I'm bold, I'm decisive, I'm courageous. But sometimes when you're in a group of people, you need to pull back a little to allow their gifts to come in as well. And again, I'm not talking about silencing myself. I'm not talking about um, dimming my light or any of those other uh, great memes that are out there, but rather um, pausing, pausing in the moment and assessing and letting more information come in and then just sitting with it. And so that's what I've been doing with a lot of this uh, rigidity exploration is asking myself, is this an area for me that I want to change? Do I want to grow here? Um, what is there to learn here? Uh, and some of the things that I did learn was, yeah, this is my value and it's really important to me. And this is where this sec section of it, I can be flexible. But over here, nope, I have to stand firm because it's really important. This is who I am and this is what I stand for. For. So even within that rigidity, I've been able to find some flexibility, and then I've been able to find some foundational pieces that are important to me that I'm unwilling to give up. So more self-discovery. Uh, thank you for that vulnerability. You embody um, right here in just this segment of the conversation, you've shared so many qualities that I view as being qualities of a great leader. Uh, continuous self-awareness and self-discovery, vulnerability um, with yourself and also in sharing this story with the audience. And we know that Brene Brown has made a career out of research on vulnerability and leadership. It's such a powerful quality and, and thank you for embodying that for us as you share this story. And then I also heard an element of, you, you speak of values, right? An element of being clear on what our values are, um, when are they rigid and don't serve us well, and when are they actually important to us uh, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, um, so I, I really appreciate your bringing that into the, all these aspects into the conversation. Yeah, that's part of um, part of the coaching curriculum that I developed for my enlightened business entrepreneurs. And so part of what I have observed, um, I would say I'm somewhat of a heart specialist. I really enjoy the emotional components of being a human being. So um, I, I do some healing work. I have people that cry in my office um, and it doesn't bother me a bit. I find it beautiful and cathartic and necessary um, as well as all the other range of emotions. And so I, I think that we forget sometimes that all of those emotions are really indicators of our experience. They are not absolute, they are very fluid, but they are feedback for us, and generally they're feedback for us around our values, around our foundation. And a lot of people have not had the opportunity as an adult to stop and ask themselves, what do I believe now? And like you said, does that belief serve me? Where did that belief come from? And kind of deconstructing it and looking back and realizing, a lot of what we've been taught 
um, by our families of origin, by the schools we've been in, the groups of people we've been in. Um, all of our beliefs are usually things that have been shaped through all those experiences. And it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like being in your closet <laughs> and, uh, you know, getting ready to clean it out. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know I had this in here. Like I've had this for 20 years. This doesn't even fit anymore. I probably should get rid of this. You know, you just start to accumulate things, but you don't always go in and assess everything that you accumulated until you get ready for, you know, doing some clean out. And then you have um, maybe some delightful surprises about things that you really, really love and you want to hold on to those values that are important to you. And then maybe you have some things, like I said, that no longer fit. They are dated. You know, the neon is out. Those high heels are going to hurt my feet. Got to get rid of them. Same thing with our beliefs and values. And so what I find really valuable for my entrepreneurs to do is to go through that process of rediscovering who they are at this moment in their life and then checking in with themselves, with their heart. Um, again, using that emotional uh, emotional feedback as a tool to see if they are in alignment with what they believe or if their beliefs are really true for them. Fantastic uh, point you make. Um, uh, again, expanding on the importance of being clear as leaders in our own life, in our business, in our family, in our community on uh, our values. They impact our relationship with others, and they help us identify areas in which we need to uh, perhaps uh, evaluate whether we're holding ourselves back with limiting self-beliefs. I really love this conversation. So, Laura, thank you. What I knew you were going to share an amazing story uh, with our audience, and um, I really appreciate your being so, again, vulnerable and um, informative. Um, so I um, would love to ask you, I always ask my guest, if you were to gift uh, our listeners, our audience right now, with one key takeaway they can implement right away, what would that be? Because information is great. However, for transformation, we have to take a piece and you know, apply it and work on it uh, for ourselves. So what um, tidbit can you pass on to our audience? Okay, this one might be a little sticky. <laughs> Go for um, it. I, I find that it's really easy to look at all of our successes and cheer ourselves on and go, oh, that was amazing. And I, I did this and I did that. And that certainly is part of my process, celebrating my wins, celebrating um, where I achieved something that I set out to do. But I think what's really valuable is to take a look at those hard edges or those difficult places and using, again, our emotions as a guide. So after you have some type of meeting with someone, if you are feeling discomfort, if you're feeling anger, if you're feeling frustrated, um, instead of saying, oh, okay, I'm just going to go on, I'm going to get a cup of coffee, I'm going to go on to the next meeting, um, I'm going to, you know, take a lunch break, what have you, but actually sitting with that discomfort and asking the questions of yourself and just allowing the answers to come. And so asking yourself, what was it about that conversation that really triggered me? Why did I get so angry when they said ABC? And then just 
allowing your own inner self to guide you and to answer that for you. Those prompts are in there. That information is within you. Um, this doesn't have to be a hard and fast process. Certainly using a journal is a really great way to help bring it out. There's some neurological devices uh, that happen when we are physically writing. It's triggering a certain center of our brain. And that brain is not our thinky brain, as I like to call it. It's not our left brain, but rather it is our right brain. And that is the part that has our intuition in it. And our intuition knows. So those answers are usually much more informative about our leadership, about what we're trying to achieve in the world than just focusing on the good stuff. Focusing on some of the discomfort really illuminates for us, um, again, our values, our beliefs, and the things that we want to hold on to, or where we need to negotiate, where we need to open up and be more expansive. So if someone is angering you, there's definitely a reason. And paying attention to that reason and listening to that intuition may give you a lot more insight, valuable insight from within you that will guide you in your next conversation with them or your contract with them, um, your negotiation with them, your working with them. I think those are some answers that we have within ourselves that really can help us lead in a different way and lead from a, a position of curiosity and openness about our own process, as well as curiosity and openness from the other. Well, that's a beautiful, beautiful place uh, to end the conversation. Your generous spirit comes through very clear and loud. Thank you. So I know there are going to be many of our listeners today that are going to want to learn more about you and your business. Tell us about how they can find you. Thank you, Stefania. The first place they can find me is Instagram. I am larawall.us on Instagram. The other place they can find me, of course, is my website. So that is www.larawall.us. Dot us, and that is spelled L-A-U-R-A-W-A-L-L, -L, and that's dot .us, not the dot .com. Uh, they can read more about me there, as well as they can find me on Facebook. So I have a Laura Wall coaching business page, and I'm sure there are many other places they can find me if they just Google search, but those are my top favorites, um, and that's the best way to connect with me, either by email or following my Instagram account. And being the generous leader and coach that you are, an entrepreneur, I know you brought a gift for our audience. Tell our audience about that. Well, in gratitude to all of your listeners, Stefania, I am offering a complimentary gift, the opportunity for a 50-minute discovery call with me. And during this phone call, we were going to discuss what's going on in your business. Uh, we'll brainstorm on new ideas for its growth. Now, I only have five slots, uh, so if you are interested, I would love, love, love the opportunity to talk with you and brainstorm with you. So please go to my website at www.larawall.us, click on the book button at the top, and book your session. And I look forward to visiting with you and getting to know more about you and your business and hearing about how I can support you in that. Beautiful. 
Yeah, I'll take her up on it. Conversation with Laura, as you can see, is an important and impactful conversation. Thank you, Laura. Thanks again for taking your valuable time and sharing your unbelievable story with us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure and an honor to be with you today. This is Stefania Rigo, your host of the Lead Without Limits podcast. And now it's time for the transformational tidbit segment. Today, I'd like to explore the topic of deep listening. I think we can all agree that a key quality of a great leader is the ability to listen. How do I define deep listening? Deep listening is listening to understand as opposed to listening to reply. Let's explore some of the specific details of deep listening. When you're deep listening, you are heart-centered, you genuinely care in what the other is saying, and you're conveying that by being totally present with them in an open and relaxed way. From a physical standpoint, your body is grounded and relaxed. You make continuous eye contact and lean in with your energy. When you're deep listening, you're non-judgmental. You're genuinely interested, curious in what the speaker is saying and direct focused attention to them for the entire time they're speaking. This means you have to be fully present and manage your own inner mental chitter-chatter and all external distractions. When it's your turn to reply or speak, slow it down. You don't need to reply immediately. Pause and allow space for a thoughtful, authentic reply. This is especially important that is to slow the conversation down when you're having an important point to make or are having a difficult conversation. Difficult for either you or the listener or both. If you feel tired, stressed out or rushed, probably not a good idea to get into an important conversation. I think we can all agree that timing matters. Speak up and ask for a better time to talk and reschedule. Relationships of trust are built one conversation at a time. We all want to be heard, deeply and genuinely heard, without comment or judgment. When we can give this to another person, it's a true gift we're giving them and ourselves. Deep listening is a skill that, like any other skill, requires continuous development and fine-tuning. I invite you to spend some time in reflection of your own listening skills. What areas do you think you might want to practice to improve? Apply those in every conversation you have today or tomorrow and the next day. And hey, if you'd like to connect and share your insights, you're so important to me. I don't want this to be a one-way conversation. I want to really deeply listen to my uh, uh, listeners and audience. So please go to my Facebook page at Stefania Rigo Business Coach and Speaker, or, and reach out to me on my website, Stefania, S-T-E-F-A-N-I-A-R-I-G-O.com. 
If you'd like to find out more about me and my coaching and speaking practice, sign up for a 30-minute free conversation. Always ready to deep listen to you. Thank you for finding the time to listen to this podcast. joining us for this episode of Lead Without Limits. Each week, we bring you stimulating conversations with women who lead in business and their community. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Lead Without Limits, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. Until next time, remember that as leaders, we have the power to shape the future of society and our planet. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here today to lead without limits in your own life. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.